Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. In today's episode, I'm bringing back the anonymous guest from episode 99, Leaving a Toxic Workplace. I'm friends with this person, and she has had a lot of life changes since we recorded that initial episode, and I thought you all might like an update from her. We do recap episode 99 briefly, but if you want to check it out in full before tuning into this episode, it will also be linked in the show notes. Again, this is a follow-up to that episode 99, Leaving a Toxic Workplace. All right, everyone, welcome to a special episode where I'm bringing back a guest from episode 99, Leaving a Toxic Workplace. If you haven't checked out that episode, I recommend checking it out. We will link it in the show notes. But the guest that I have today wanted to remain anonymous to be able to share most openly and vulnerably about her experience. And in the last episode, as a quick recap, if you don't check it out, or maybe you did and it's been a while because it was from July of 2021, we talked about one of the things that came up at her previous workplace at the time where there was mass layoffs, the team had not really been set up for success. And one of the things that kind of became a breaking point for her was having a new leader that really had no experience. And so this guest didn't really feel set up for success and was feeling like a lot of extra responsibilities were being put on her with not a lot of direction. Another thing to note was a coworker who was pregnant and was feeling like her pregnancy was an inconvenience for this workplace as well. So there were definitely a lot of red flags of feeling like this was not an organization or a team that was set up properly to really have people thrive in that organization. Uh, We talked about recognizing burnout symptoms, and I really loved how my guest shared how she had a post-it note that was having those reminders about praying and, you know, turning it over to a higher power, God, whoever you look to and changing your self-talk or calling a friend in those moments. So if you've been in that situation with a toxic workplace environment where you can relate to that, you're definitely going to want to be tuning into today's episode. So how about you give us a life update? Tell us where are you now? Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for welcoming me back. So nice to be here when you said July of 21. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've lived a thousand lifetimes in the last almost two years and just filled with a lot of gratitude to be here. So, and thanks for doing a a recap as well and leaving a toxic workplace and just paying attention to those red flags. Today, I actually, I know in my, in the last episode, I really manifested and worked very hard in attracting this dream job. I moved out of state for it. um, And it was a really, really big job to walk into. And I was so excited. And most recently, I have chosen to leave that job as of February of this year. And I am now currently unemployed, which I've chosen to do that. And I'm completely transforming into starting a brand new career. So Kind of big surprise jump, but excited to unpack the the path and the why of where I am today. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to have you back as, yeah, my first returning guest. It's an honor. And I think it's, yeah, if, I feel like whenever I watch TV shows, if I don't know that I'm going to get an ending of a series, like I don't even want to listen to it. So I think it's a fun series that we're following up and giving people, you know, what was next because right at the that time of the recording you were you had quit that toxic job or it was like your last days were essentially when we were recording and we had worked together through coaching to get you to 
the exposure to this new company and the communications and everything seemed to be flowing really smoothly. And this was looking like it was aligning to be a dream job for you. You picked up and left where you were and relocated to a new state and, you know, really started planting some roots there and figuring out what is this new life for me. So now that we have the awareness that you are now no longer with that company, walk us through kind of maybe some of the yellow flags because when you were in that previous organization, you knew things were bad because right? A poor leader that wasn't, that didn't have any previous experience. You had responsibilities that were, you know, far surpassing what your role and expectations were. So you were working at a much higher capacity at a pay rate that wasn't in alignment and everything else that was pure chaos. It was pretty clear to see how it was toxic. So I think what people don't see or maybe stick around in companies for longer than maybe, you know, I don't love to use the word should, but sometimes we stick around for companies hoping that things will get better because there's not so many red flags. So can you walk us through some of these maybe yellow flags that you thought were your dream job and turned out to maybe not be the case? Yeah, definitely. And I also kind of want to start this off with I financially did have the opportunity to make this decision. And so I really want to be sensitive to that, especially as we're not, there's just a lot more layoffs going on than when we last chatted a couple years ago. And I also like to be really loyal to all of the companies that I've ever been with. And I think with this one, I I know I gave it everything that I had, just like a relationship. You give it your all and you try to make it work. And at the end of the day, it's okay if it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean that you owe anything. But again, I very much, you know, was was financially able to do this. So I know not every single person is in that. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, when I started with this new company, again, I was high on life. I was so excited I was like, anything is better than what I just left that was so toxic, so many red flags. When I did sign up for my new job, I did think to myself, whoa, this is big. This is a really big job, the biggest job that I'll ever, you know, have ever taken on in my career. And I, you know, in what you and I have worked through, what I've done in self-worth and confidence building, it's what's the worst that's going to happen? I try it out. And if it doesn't work out, then what? I move back to my home state. I try out something different. And I just take it one day at a time. But number one is that I wanted to believe in myself and what I was capable of. And when I started with this company, you know, my my boss, she was always so amazing. I had so many phenomenal coworkers. That's the thing too, is I always think about a lot in life, which is a defect character of mine, but where I think it's black and white. It's either super toxic work company or it's absolutely amazing and there's nothing in the middle. And what this last company taught me is that there is that middle place. There are those yellow flags and to pay attention to that, pay attention to how your body is reacting and responding to things. And when I started, this is a, a pretty well-established company. It's been around for about 11 or 12 years now. And I just kind of acted in a chaotic form. And I saw that. I didn't see a lot of strong communication. So you know, as I was observing, I just thought to myself, okay, how can I be bridging the gap to strengthen communication in my head of manager role? How can I really start bringing more teams together to be on the same alignment? How can I help this place not be so reactive? Because that kind of re reminded me of how my last job was. It was just very reactive. People were like, I need it and I need it now. And it's like, well, why didn't we have a conversation about this a while ago? Again, communication. So I always tried to, to strengthen that. And I grew my team four times the size that it was than when I started. Almost every single director that I met with when I started said, hi, welcome. This is the hardest time that the company's experiencing. And I came in with a glass half full and said, well, it can only go up from here. And in a lot of ways it did. But in some other ways, it's like I just saw these pivotal things like 
processes and procedures that were not working. And I would very much be expressing that it wasn't working. And it would like people would still be doing the same thing. And after so much of that, because I'd be advocating the heck for my team who were just so exhausted, working so hard. And again, I do really want to stress that the people that I worked with were phenomenal, but I just felt that no matter what I did, it's just we're all kind of bashing our heads against the wall. And and that was really hard to see. And I thought that, you know, things were getting better. I implemented a qualitative KPI, you know, for my team and who we supported internally and externally to see how can we just constantly improve and be strong with one another. And it just, it's like it just kind of got to a dead stop a lot of times. And and that was just so hard for me to kind of see what was happening right in front of me because I was so focused on, well, I've had experience with the red flags. I, you know, this is fine. This is better than what I had before. And I'm really in touch with my body. And, and my body was just having a lot of breakdowns just from stress, from a lot of personalities coming my way in my job. I really feel that I was a, an incredibly strong leader, very empathic. I cared so much about my team, but it was a lot. And I I went through a lot of hardship last year in, in losing a parent, losing a best friend. And that grief, you know, I showed up to work the next day to do a huge presentation in front of hundreds of people. And I didn't say, hi, I, I need to take time off. And when I did reach out to my boss and said, hey, I need to you know, take a little time off, she was so supportive. And my leadership team was so supportive. And that was a lot of internal work that I needed to do to work on asking for help, being okay with not being okay. It's kind of like I learned a lot of lessons in my last job when we last chatted. And then this job that I just left, it was like the PhD of kind of lessons or the master's. Maybe I'll have PhD next round. But that constant growth and awareness that my body is having a response to this. I feel so emotionally imbalanced. I don't have the energy to show up for myself, to show up for my partner, to even make time for friends. What the heck kind of life is this? And I knew that it just wasn't meant for me. And it was really interesting. I was talking to a couple of my best friends. I took some time off between Christmas and New Year's last year. It's when our company shuts down. And I was talking to a couple of my best friends who have known me for so long. And they're like, your mental health is deteriorating and it's hard to watch. Why are you staying? And for me, it was that loyalty and pride that I thought I had to prove. It was to show up and prove to society that I need to stick with this. If I leave it, then I'm failing. I wanted this so bad a couple years ago. What's wrong with me? And I really had to sit with that. And once I was able to really sit and pause and not, you know, be super busy in that time off, I was able to reflect to myself. And on New Year's Day, I was sitting with my partner and we were both talking about, you know, goals for the new year in 2023. And I said, I am going to leave my job this year. And my partner's just like, heck yeah, baby, like <laughs> so supportive and loving and but never pushed anything. And a couple of days later, I, I said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to write out my resignation letter and I'm not going to put a date on it. And I'm just going to, you know, intuitively put it out there. So it's out in the universe. And as I was writing it, I wrote down the next day and my gut just wrote that. It was like my body was just like desperately begging. So I think it's really important to just pay attention to those bodily cues. I think our intuitions are so strong. Sometimes we need to slow down to be able to listen to it, which can be very hard. And once I wrote this resignation letter out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And when I showed up to work the next day after this time off, it was chaos. 
It was so much being thrown my way. A year and a half that I've been there, I've really tried to work on communication, improving processes and procedures. And I had different departments coming at me saying, we need this and we need it in 24 hours. And it's like, you should have 100% talked to me before this break. You are not setting myself up or my team up for success. And that was just something that happened a lot. And that was a huge red flag, maybe a little orange, has some red in it. And I knew that I just felt so validated in that moment that I was making the right decision for me because who cares what anybody else thinks? Is this good for you? Again, being financially, I don't want to tell anybody, like, quit your job. But if your body is screaming at you and you can make this work financially and survive, then like there are other jobs. I know we're in a recession now. There's a lot of fear out there, but there's so much hope in like we have one life to live. And I know for me, I was not living it. I was miserable. And I was like, wow, like what's up with me kind of attracting these these big intense jobs? And I, I knew I just needed to heal through some some patterns that I've had throughout my whole life and trying to make my parents proud or society proud or what are friends going to think of me when I say I quit my job? I'm taking time off to rest because rest is so unconventional. As I did quit my job, which, you know, I turned in a five-week notice. I really tried to, to be a little too kind. Very nice. But a lot of people that I worked with were so supportive. I mean, I sobbed when I told my leadership team and they were like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. My boss at first was like, well, you don't have to quit. Like we can have like a calmer position for you, which I was super honored, but it was so easy to be like, no, thank you. I'm out. And that's another thing. My body was so quick to be like, no, thanks. And as I was telling people, hey, like, you know, oh my God, why would you leave this place? It's so great. Why? And I say, you know, I'm going to take time off for me and I'm going to rest. And people had their jaw to the floor because they're like, what? You're taking time off? Because yeah, it's not something people get to have the opportunity to do or choose to do. But I just couldn't keep going the way that I was. And it was chaos up until the last day. And after my my last day, my first week, I had a mental breakdown because it was such a switch to my life. Like, I don't job hop unless I'm growing and like building myself. It's not like, I don't really like it here. I'm going to go. I stick with it and I give it my all. And I definitely try to be part of the solution and not complain. But I just, I wasn't able to take care of myself. And as I shared in the last episode of the podcast, I really promoted how important self-care is. And, and I just wasn't able to do that. And I didn't want to repeat those patterns any longer. And it was such a great learning experience for me to see all those yellow flags. To really apply that to a lot of situations in life, you know, in, in relationships and day to day. And as I'm looking at, you know, what's next for me right now. And number one, I just always want to stay true to myself. And in some ways, I think that I did bring on this last job to, to prove something to society or to my parents who are super, you know, type A intense people and have worked really hard. But it's maybe, you know, I'm type B and I think I've been fighting that and like, that's okay. And also there were so many days where I was so proud and I loved what I did. And, and again, I worked with so many phenomenal people and they really did try to promote well-being and taking care of yourselves. But when I left, a lot of people too were like, I'm so jealous. Like I'm losing my mind. It is so chaotic. And one of my coworkers said to me that, really stuck with me is that company can pride themselves on being entrepreneurial, but it doesn't have to mean chaos and stress. Um, and a lot of times I don't think some companies differentiate that and kind of pisses me off that the the norm is is chaos in a lot of companies. And we think that that's the norm. And so we just accept it for for what it is when in reality it shouldn't be like that. Thank you for sharing all of that so vulnerably. And I mean, as your friend and as someone who I've worked with, I I have loved to see 
your, you know, growth through everything and then the awareness and leaning into that and not, you know, saying, I'm still going to push through because so many of us feel the need to do that. So it takes someone with so much strength to say, you know, what? I am going to listen to my body. I have this one vessel in this life to take care of. And if my work can't complement what I need for my own mental health, everything within your body that's saying this is not good for me, that was breaking down on you, it it shows that maybe it's it's something for you being so in tune, right? That your mind maybe in your headstrong approach was like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep showing up for my team and advocate. And then your body was like, absolutely not. And I've had friends who I've had to call it out to afterwards where we're talking and they're like, man, I, you know, haven't used a sick day in a while. Like I just need some time off. And they think that time off only happens when you're sick and needing rest. And right after that, this friend of mine had gotten really sick. And I said, do you remember when we talked about a week ago and you said that you hadn't taken time to rest because you hadn't been sick recently? And then all of a sudden your body was starting to shut down on you saying, if this is the only way you're going to take a break is to physically be ill, then that's the route I'm going to go. So it's interesting to lean into that and maybe people who are listening are thinking, wow, maybe some of these other symptoms that maybe I didn't have before I started working for this organization, maybe those are some things to lean into. And just as you were talking through everything, I want to also call out that at your previous company, when we talked in July of 2021, you really weren't like technically considered a supervisor, right? And then in this new role, you became a leader of a team. And then you said you 4 would that team and were building out KPIs. Like I remember when me and my guest were talking as friends and, and she was saying, oh yeah, I'm building out all these KPIs. And I'm like, you are already operating at this next level in your career. You didn't even really have a chance to start to get your feet wet, so to say, in this management leadership role because you kind of were doing some of that already at your past job and then you moved into this new role, really jumped full into the deep end and they were also like, and start to plan out KPIs, which is typically a director level or above doing that type of work. So I have to call that out that you were doing such phenomenal things and I could see that chaos and like we talked about some of those yellow flags and I think that's one of the most interesting things to work through in an organization where, like you said, leadership was so supportive and so kind. You had a really great relationship with your direct leader and you felt like you could be open and honest about sometimes when you were feeling a little bit burnt out or you were feeling like your mental health was being negatively affected based on your caseload and your workload, but none of that was changing long-term. And I know when we had talked at one point, we had mentioned people can thrive in some chaos during short periods of time. If you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel and then it's actually getting closer, right? That you're getting closer and the light's getting brighter and you, you know that you're almost there through all of that chaos and struggle, that's where so many companies, I feel like at the one that you recently left, are in where there's so much disconnect and chaos. And you came in, again, this not super experienced leader, but you stepped up to say, hey, here's what I'm recognizing from an outside perspective, fresh eyes, communication isn't functioning. There's disconnects, processes, procedures that you advocated for your team, which I think adds an extra layer of that mental health being affected when you not only feel responsible for yourself, but now you have a team and all these people who you've helped hire and and you want to lead them to success, but you're also not feeling like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Any thoughts that you want to add there? 
Yeah, no, so such beautifully said. Thank you. I think it's it's so much that when you're a leader, it it is a lot. And even when I managed one person, it was I always cared about their well-being. And now I'm managing 23 people with three different levels underneath me. And I'm making sure to have one-on-ones with each of them to to really do that. And I know a lot of people don't do that, but I know how important that is for me. And because of my job, when we first chatted that I had left, I learned the leader that I never wanted to be. But it is very important to put the oxygen mask on yourself first or else you cannot show up for anybody else, at least from my experience. And it is also very important to kind of recognize where you don't got this. It's okay not to get every single thing, to be able to do all the things. Sleep is important. Enjoying your life is important and finding that balance and that good flow. But it is okay to say, hi, I'm struggling. And it's also crucial too. It's crucial for me to teach my team that reported into me all my direct reports, instead of bringing a complaint to me, I want you to think through a solution. I'm not going to sit here and give you the answers or else I'm not empowering you. Mm -hmm. I'm not helping build you. And at first that wasn't the case. But by doing that, I'm not having a problem solve over every single thing or give somebody the answer. I'm telling them, hi, you have the answer within you. Come to me with what you think should happen. And if I don't agree with it, then I will tell you and we'll work on something together. And that was really, really important for me as well because I have a really low tolerance. I mean, there again, like I can totally hear like hold space for people when you just got to like let something off your chest. I do very much hold space for that. But a lot of times if you're a team lead reporting into me, like you're a leader. You should be coming to me with solutions and I shouldn't be giving you all the answers. And that just really like helped bring different people in. I think also if if anybody is like noticing some yellow flags or if you got hit hard with something really like traumatizing or life is being super lifey or if you've lost somebody in your life and you're managing teams or you have a lot on your plate it's where can you just work together with your department where can you be vulnerable and open knowing that you are not weak for speaking up for your needs and that was something that was hard for me a long time ago that i've had to get really comfortable with and it got to the point where i could recognize it in my team members where somebody said that they were fine that stands for f up, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. And so I always challenge them just to be like, hey, are you not okay? Where can we all work together here? Where do you need to take care of yourself? Also asking for time off. Time off is not going to cure if you're in full burnout, but it certainly can kind of help while you're figuring out what to do next. I took two weeks off last year. And that was really hard for me. I felt very supported by my HR department to do that. They were trying to encourage me. And for a while, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I really appreciated the teams that did support me for that. But I was experiencing a couple of different health issues and health problems, just like you were sharing, Nicole, about your friend. And as I started my two weeks off, they went away on day three. Again, listen to your body. Listen to everything that it wants to share with you because if you're feeling so exhausted, so imbalanced, if you're having aches and pains and body stuff, especially if you're young, that is your body telling you to slow down, change something up, ask for help, realize that you don't got this and let's get some time off because you deserve it. Yeah, and I think it's, so important because there's a couple aspects here of right people talk about like the Sunday scaries or like leaning into how do you feel on Sunday night before you're going into work the next day sometimes it might be the company right the the previous company in your first episode that you left that toxic environment you knew it was the company not you 
And in this other potential dream job with yellow flags, you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, this is an amazing company. They're successful. The culture was pretty good. Your leadership team was so supportive. Your own team loved you. They frequently commented on how supportive you were as a leader and how you saw them as a whole person when they showed up to the workplace. And that was something that I got the vibe that most of them had never experienced, where they had to keep everything that was at home at home and, you know, be at work when they were at work. And when you invited that environment, that changed. And I know you got so many compliments as well, even as you were leaving and exiting the company of people saying, like, you truly changed my life. And I think that is it's amazing. And I'm not surprised, obviously, being your friend now that you had such an impact on their lives. And I think when leaning into that kind of feeling of, you know, is it me, right? Because if we think it's us, we're trying so much harder to prove ourselves that we can push through it. Other people are doing it. Other people look like they are doing fine or, you know, excelling. And some people and some different um, types of individuals can thrive in certain environments but some can thrive for only shorter periods of time or not at all. Startup life or that constant phase of change and evolution is not for everyone. So I think it's also important to recognize when things feel out of alignment and leaning into that. And I love that you recognized and you weren't trying to fit into this organization that had a lot of good things going for them, but also had some maybe not so great things that you recognized, you brought up, hey, here are some solutions, right? You did the same thing that you want your team to do. You went to your upper leadership to provide solutions. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I recommend. What could this look like? What if we tried? What could we try? How can we make this different, better, what have you? And I think you had mentioned when you had experienced some layoffs with team members they had also talked about like merging roles and not hiring to backfill those positions. Again, more workload on individuals who already were at max capacity or over capacity. All of these things are things to be mindful of and know that not every company operates like that. And that if you're not being heard and you don't foresee change happening in a way that you think your life's going to be easier with the harmony of work and home, those are those yellow flags that could eventually turn into red flags, right? I'm sure your previous jobs, it wasn't always toxic or it wasn't always a red flag, but it ended up getting to that point. And the other point I wanted to make as well, when you were talking about planning PTO, uh, I think very old school practices are like, oh, I've saved all my PTO and I'm going to get like a bonus at the end of the year or something. But Gosh, I'm such a huge advocate of planning, not only to have something to look forward to. I know for me, that's helped me planning, you know, even little weekend getaways, um, but planning that in advance. So again, you have that harmony of work life, home life, enjoying your life in general versus feeling like you're always grinding because when you left, I'm sure that was hard for them, but they're going to find someone who is replacing your role. So why burn yourself out to such a degree that you're really deteriorating physically, emotionally, mentally? Like, where does that get you, right? It gets you nowhere and it only helps the company, you know, further progress potentially. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think to something that I mentioned earlier, it's a lot of times we think what society thinks that we should do, that we fall into that trap. And it's, well, I, I've only been here for a few months. I don't, I shouldn't, I don't deserve, I don't deserve this time off. And it's absolutely you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, you should take the time off. You should add on a Friday off, plan that vacation, have something to look forward to, and maybe not always make it such a busy time off. Have that time to reflect and ask, are you happy? Maybe once a month you just sit and you really ask yourself, is this where I want to be? Am I on that right path? 
does this make me happy? What is it doing for me? What do I want to change? Just asking all of those questions to just bring about all that self-awareness that that we can't really tap into when we're in the go, go, go mode. Absolutely. Where, like, is there any specific place for you that you felt like at any given level of, like, was it at the senior management level? Was it at the C-suite level, like VP, where do you think or have you leaned into that? I mean, obviously, now that you're gone, have you had any reflection on where you feel like the disconnect started to happen with communication or the processes? Where was that power held that, you know, could have made change? I mean, it. it's really, I, I can send emails, I can send Slack messages. I can talk to the head ofs of departments to say these are our protocols and they need to be followed. And sometimes people just choose not to follow them. Mm. And what do we do? Like, do we reprimand them? I mean, that never wanted to happen, like in the company, but it just caused more chaos and work for us. And also, I know that the the owners of the company chose to keep an organization that we worked with that just keeps failing us every single month that I worked with the company for over a year and a half, just kept failing us. And they kept signing contracts to work with them, which just blew my mind. And I saw all the head ofs meeting with these owners and the owners still doing it. So if you can't really tap in and change some of the owner's mind when the whole company is struggling and suffering because of some of their decisions, it's hard to hold on to that hope. But it's also a really good eye-opener of like, I don't need to put the world on my shoulders and fix all this. I've given everything I could. I've talked to all the head ofs that I feel can really like make some differences and nothing's going to change. So the golden handcuffs, you know, it's like my hands are tied with these golden handcuffs and it's just kind of, let me just hit the ground running and keep going because, hey, I work with good people, but you know what? Screw that. Like, they're going to be good people throughout your whole life and any career and whatever you do. And I don't need to stay just because I love the people. Right. I want to stay because how is my nervous system responding to the day to day? How do I feel supported? How do I feel that, that, you know, yes, I believe in a lot of like what the owners and in their initiatives, but when it came down to my team is suffering every single month because of these decisions, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you. Next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what would you recommend to someone who's in that entry-level role of an organization who has some of these yellow flags where I, I see this so often for entry-level team members who pretty much are just dealt the worst hand possible and are told to deal with it with a smile on your face and figure out how to make it work even though upper decisions or leadership or mistakes or what have you, like you're saying, kind of all fall on the shoulders of these entry-level team members and their leaders. What do you recommend for someone either to maybe watch out for as a wondering? I, I really like to get people thinking and opening up that kind of growth mindset of, hmm, is this how I would do this if I had more decision-making power. So what would you recommend them to think about maybe, or like what conversations could they start having with their leader that you would recommend to recognize, is this a company that is actually going to make changes to make our lives better? Or am I always going to have to quote unquote, deal with it? Sure. I think something that I had with my team is that we had an all-hands-on-deck team meeting once a week, and then I had a separate meeting with my leadership team also once a week. And it was really important to get everyone together. Again, for the leader, it's really dependent on like what does the support structure and how does the manager show up? I know for me personally, I really made sure to always hold space and listen to what was going on so that I can be part of the solution and make things easier for my team for their day-to-day. 
And what I would do once a week is I would check in and say, hey, I see that this issue is happening. How is it impacting you? Okay, I hear you. What kind of solutions is going to be better? Like what needs to happen to make things easier that is in our control? And something that I would say to to an entry-level person is just make sure you can and do openly have these conversations with your leader in a one-on-one. It doesn't have to be already and like, let me just say all of this in front of a team. Like I know there's a lot of people that that don't want to speak up in that environment, but what is your relationship like with your di- like direct manager or lead? And just say, hey, I'm seeing that this is happening. Like here are just some thoughts that I've had to make things easier and then see what they have to say. And also ask, what is the company doing to fix this? Is there a timeline? And if a lead is just like, you just got to deal with it, then maybe you say, okay, I am going to think about some some solutions that again are in our control that I can do. Like, hey, I'm going to talk to this person in this department so that at least we have a better working relationship to tackle this thing. And if that's not going anywhere and they're still like, you just deal with it, then to me, that is a red flag. Mm -hmm. That is not how a company I feel should operate. Everybody should listen to understanding like this is affecting all departments and how we operate and have this smooth wheel. And if we're just told like you just got to deal with it, no, thank you. Like you got to ask yourself, is that part of the company that you want to be with? And yeah, things can change eventually. And I'm sure, and I know that I left my last job so much better than when I came into it. And I feel so proud of that. But I think it's no matter where you are with your position and title at that company, you have a voice. I made sure to meet once a month with our contract workers, even who are on our team doing all of our data entry. And they were blown away that I wanted to spend time with them to understand how can we make your life easier? What are some issues that you're seeing here? Oh, okay, that's a theme that's going on. I'm going to take this and talk about a solution with their lead and then take it to my head of. And I was able to make things change. But I think a good leader is going to want to talk to every single person and say, okay, I hear you. Here's something that we can start changing. It might take a little bit, or we need to understand what more data do we need to make this change? Or, you know, I hear you and it's just going to be a little hard right now. So how are you taking care of your mental health while you're walking through these hardships? And if none of that is happening, then I know for me, I wouldn't want to be there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I appreciate that advice and it's spot on. I think what you're saying is a manager or a leader who is welcoming those conversations, prioritizing those conversations, that would be a green flag situation. A yellow flag for me might be, hey, I'm hearing you out. I understand there are things that you think could work better on this team. Maybe it's a different process. Maybe it's You know, like, for example, in a company I worked with, their help center for the resources was never updated because no one technically owned it. So, of course, it never had the most up-to-date information. When my team went to provide information based on those outdated pages that caused problems with our customers, that was a broken issue or a broken process, right? And if I am going to my leaders and advocating, hey, we need someone to own this whole help center and keep it updated with how many things are changing and all the different you know, variables and people who are connected to these different platforms, if they go to even try to do self-service, they can't even self-serve because the information isn't correct and worse it's wrong. So even when they go find the article that they think is right, they're going to get the wrong information and be left even more frustrated. And my team had to deal with those. So I went up and advocated for that, which again, more of like that green flag, but 
let's say I had that team member and I said, oh, thanks so much for letting me know. I'll pass that information along. And I definitely want to make sure you're feeling supported. So it's more like the lip service where I'm saying all the right things. And that team member feels supported because I'm saying the right things. But then I never go do anything about it. So then let's say another month goes by and in a one-on-one, my team member says, hey, like, where are we at on that help center? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't really like made progress on that. I haven't talked to any of the stakeholders or anyone who might make change, right? Those are maybe some of the yellow flags to look out for there. And red flag clearly is if your leader is not having one-on-ones with you at all. Oftentimes, leaders will skip over one-on-ones with people who are performing well. And I am really against that. I say, spend time with your highest performers, understand how they're doing things, watch them work, see how they're working faster, more efficient. How are they getting better results with customer satisfaction, for example? But if you're not even having one-on-ones with your leader, like where is that communication upwards and feeling like if you don't have a foundation of psychological safety, even in the slightest, you might not feel comfortable to approach your leader to say, hey, this thing's kind of broken and it's kind of annoying to have to do 12 steps instead of three as a workaround. And we've been doing this workaround for six months. Like, is there anything that's going to change if you don't even feel like you can have that conversation that in my mind would be more of that red flag to to look out for. So it's good to kind of have those evaluations. And I love what you said as well to take a moment when you're on time off or even on a weekend or a weeknight at some point, maybe it's scheduling a reminder on your phone so you don't forget and have that self-intake form essentially of, am I happy doing the work that I'm doing? If I'm not, your organization was willing to adjust your workload. They were willing to move you into a different department if you wanted to be in an individual contributor role versus a leadership role. Like they, it sounds like, wanted to work with you. So they had a lot of the right people, but it was the processes and communication that was breaking down for you that you said, even with all these amazing people, it's still not worth it for me to be here. And I have to choose to, you know, leave and you're in this place where you can take that break for yourself and, you know, work on what you're looking to do for those next steps in your life and things that are really fueling your passion and how you're going to make an impact on this world. And I think it's, it's a great reminder for people to, to have that reflection. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. I think too, that there are so many different opportunities and also like as you learn more in your leadership and for anyone who's in your your Grovio cohorts and are expanding in their own leadership, it's always like talk to other leaders and managers too. Like when you feel stuck, when you feel like you need some some expertise and also strengthening on the people that are doing really well in their current role. It's I always leaned on these people. I definitely still kept one-on-ones with them. And I love that you put that out there. But I made sure to see, hey, you're like kicking butt on these processes. A lot of the team is is not as quick. Let's do some trainings. Let's have you host a training and do a virtual all-hands-on-deck meeting so that people can ask you questions while they're going so that we can all kind of get a little bit faster. Because again, it's breaking things down and the things that this is what we can control. And also if things are really hard, I and I share this from experience, things were really hard when I first started this last job. And I really leaned on other people. I know, Nicole, you and I worked really closely together in sessions and how I can just continuously build my leadership skills, be patient with myself, ask for help. If I feel so burned out, where can I shorten a full hour meeting and make it 30 minutes instead of fully canceling it? And and where can I pull in a lot of data as well too? That's another thing like solutions, like when things are hard is pulling data to say, hey, like when I go to my head of, 
this is the data that I'm seeing. You know, this cost us a quarter of a million dollars because we're not following this process to the T. And this has to change because the company is losing money. And for some things, people are like, yeah, we're not going to pay attention to that right now. And I'm like, yikes, okay. <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry, but at least I could pull the numbers because the numbers always tell a story. And I didn't have that as part of like my solution process when I first started. And I know my my boss at the time and also you, Nicole, were always really helpful in reminding me to go, go that route because that really helps implement positive change where you can. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like you're saying that it's always okay to ask for help and look for solutions that are going to support you, whether that's other coworkers who are there to lift you up or say, hey, are you also feeling like there's a lot of expectations or do you feel like our workload is kind of intense right now versus what it used to be? You have those touch points, right? And then gathering that data in even the team members you're working with, that data is, are you feeling this way too? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Because our perception of other people could be that they're thriving when in reality, they're really struggling. And it might help to say, hey, I'm kind of feeling this way. How are you feeling? And if they're like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm thriving. Well, can you walk me through some of your processes and understand how they're working? Are there things that I could adopt and adjust my working process that could help me feel less stressed or help me feel more organized, for example, and even looking for help outside of where you're currently at. I think it's so interesting. I mean, I did it myself because I didn't even know that career coaches existed when I was first. I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously there have been some for many, many years, but it wasn't as popular back when you know, 15 years ago when I was trying to work towards my first leadership position. And now I'm like, I'm surprised people aren't more proactively seeking out that help to say, you know, here's where I am at. Help me to get even better, just like you would with, you know, any sort of sports coach, right? They're there to analyze what you're currently doing and give you advice to make you even better to get to that next level of wherever you're at. In my case, it's helping people grow in their careers, but you can get some of that through mentorship of leaders. But I think a good thing to be resonating on is how supportive is your current leader? Because if they are so-so or less than so-so, that's who is going to be your main advocate for growth in your career. And if you don't have that good relationship with that leader where you're at, that can be a, a bigger uphill battle with different struggles to get that promotion versus if you have a really empowering leader who wants to make time for you, who wants to help make your life easier and is giving you all of this advice. And I find that those kinds of leaders are people who, because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to lose this leader because they're so great. I want to work here, even though I'm feeling burnt out guess what? They're still going to be there. I have connections with all of those leaders who are so great and wanted to see me succeed. Well, guess what? They care so much that they want to see me succeed even outside of that environment. And like you said, sounded like it was kind of similar where even when you said, I don't want any of these other roles because you had the opportunity to leave and take some time off for yourself. If not, maybe that could have been an option for you to remove some responsibility and see if that might have helped. Maybe it just would have further prolonged your exit, but they wanted to help create solutions because they cared about you so much. So I think that is a huge message within today's episode of really figuring out what is your current working environment? Where are you on this scale of everything's green flags, some yellow flags or majority yellow flags, some red flags and if you're anywhere between mostly yellow and red, yeah, maybe it's time for some changes because do you really want to work towards growth and a leadership role within an organization that you don't even really like being in? And if you don't feel empowered, what's the point? Having more power in a leadership position doesn't really get you anywhere. That's exactly where you were at, where you were advocating for your team, for the company. You were, you were calling out, hey, I pulled the data. 
And this is where we're losing millions of dollars. And they still just said, thanks so much, but we're going to work on these other things. We have other priorities. That is really frustrating. It's not like growing in that organization is going to get any better. So it's worth considering what other options are. There are always other options. Absolutely. What do you think you would have done had you not had the opportunity to quit? Oh, man, I think I would have just had to just figure it out while I continue to look for other jobs, just like I did with the company before. And I was doing that for a few months. And every single thing that I was seeing just wasn't standing out. And I was really trying to focus on, okay, this is what I am grateful for at this company. This is what I am able to build. I did go to my boss and pitch a new role that it was not in budget. So what I did instead was talk to the different departments that were most aligned already, like learning and development and getting really close with them and looking at different like kind of stretch projects. But I also was very real with myself because I was so stretched already. So if I were to take on anything, I would have had to adjust what I was doing in my current role. I could definitely have taken a step, a couple of steps down, which might have like brought up a little bit more bandwidth so that I could also take on the stretch projects to get the experience. Even if a role that I really wanted wasn't in budget for that company, I would at least have that experience under my belt to pitch that at a different company. Thanks so much for sharing that because some people absolutely might be in that position where, you know, if you get to a point where you would prefer to quit, even if you don't have anything lined up, it is a different marketplace right now, which I am so curious to hear and understand where more people are at because I think that could make people more hesitant of, oh, I shouldn't look for another job because at least I have a job, right? We're always trying to justify why we don't deserve better or more or that next thing because, well, new things are different and different and change might be considered scary when we first think about it because it's not our normal day-to-day routine. But recognizing if I have to keep doing this for another couple of years or what would I tell my friend in this position? Sometimes adjusting how we're looking at these situations might help us be like, wow, this is really eye-opening. Maybe it's it's even more solidifying that I don't want to be here and that I at least need to look for other positions and open up some opportunities for myself and really reflect on what I want. And that's that's where I was several years ago when a CEO of a company asked what do you want to do? If you had your dream job title, what would that be? And that question is something I had never asked myself. I had always tried to fill roles that already existed instead of creating something that was my own. And I was kind of in that space of like reactive, oh, there's a job opening, I'll take it. Or, oh, I want to get promoted into this leadership role. You know, here's all the things I need to do to get there. But when I was asked that question, wow, that really opened my mind. And that's what led me down the road of of doing my own company, of learning and development to help people grow into leadership roles because it's such a huge element that so many companies are missing for that growth and development before they're promoted into that leadership role. But it's something I don't know if I would have got to obviously as quickly had I not had someone ask me that. Yeah. And those are, again, just going to like self-reflective questions. And I love that. And I think for anyone is listening, you know, really sit down and ask yourself this because you are so worth it. You are so worth your happiness. You are so worth living the best dang life you could ever imagine. You are so worth having those hard conversations. You are worth the time up. You are worth just living your life to the fullest. And if you're not, what can you start changing baby steps or big steps? What is in your control? Because every single day we get faced with a ton of choices. And I know for me, I want to live a really darn good life and I want to be happy. And I've deprived myself of that multiple times in the past. 
And I don't want to do that moving forward. I love that. Anything you want to share about what's next for you or what's making you happy right now? Sure. I The only thing I could focus on when I left my job because I was so fried was just the idea of rest. And then like three weeks in, I've been healing through some some injuries that I had, probably due to stress and sitting at a desk all day. And in that, I just tapped into, I used to work a lot in the, the fitness industry back in the day. And I realized I want to go back to getting my personal training certification and start teaching classes and working with people, specifically people who are healing through injuries, who have modality, mobility kind of imbalances and and just tap right back into that because that really set my soul on fire a while ago. And, and I'm really excited to see what doors that'll open. And I think in this whole process too, it's when you leave a job or when you leave, you know, a bad relationship or something like all bets are on me in walking away from this job. And that was the ultimate test of just trusting in myself, trusting in my higher power, trusting in the universe to be like, I'm going to be okay. And, and that's exactly how I'm approaching every single day right now is that I'm keeping my heart open. I'm trusting in the process. I'm paying attention to any insights I'm getting. And I had no idea that I would be doing my personal training certification course right now, like if you would have asked me three months ago. And here we are. And you just don't know what is possible until you start really prioritizing yourself and just keeping open and staying patient to any kind of insights or answers that might come your way. Absolutely. I love it. I'm so excited for you, rooting for you. I know you're going to have strangers who are tuning into this episode who don't even know you. They aren't even going to know how to connect because of your anonymity, but I know they're going to be sending so much love and light your way as well. And, you know, being proud and I'm sure, you know, throwing a fist bump in the air of celebrating with you that this is is big. It was very monumental to lean into everything that you've experienced over the last year and a half and getting to where you're at now, I think is amazing. You've grown and you've transformed so much and I can't wait to continue supporting you as well. So thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As a follow-up to the previous conversation we had where it was so clear that she was working in a toxic workplace and then I had helped her in working to get this new role and you know it was interesting watching her go from start to finish at that last position and all of the different interactions she had with colleagues, with other team members, with other departments and what that workload looked like in general. And I think it was an important thing to talk about and to touch on are these yellow flags. Because it seems, at least what I see on my LinkedIn feed, people are typically in that first six months of their role and what I call a honeymoon phase with their new career. And then once they exit that honeymoon phase and see some of the realities Sometimes those yellow flags start creeping in where you think maybe this wasn't exactly what I had thought. Because when we join companies, we typically don't have a whole lot of additional insight and really understanding what is going to be involved in the day-to-day. I remember this friend telling me how she would be in meetings back-to-back for eight hours in a day and Not sure if she should log off of a meeting or simply turn off her camera to go use the restroom or is it rude to make food and eat your lunch while you're taking these calls and how was she expected to get other work done when she was actively in meetings every single day and most every hour of every day. And I think she did a good job of touching on the fact that it was a great company They had a great culture. A lot of these ingredients were there to have a successful team, a successful organization itself, but it wasn't the right fit for her. 
And thankfully, she had the means to be able to leave it a little bit sooner, whereas many people might become that disengaged employee or maybe not taking on anything additional while you're looking for other work. And that's okay if you're in that place. You have to do what's best for you and no one else. And for me, saying that, it's hard. I had a hard time leaving a company so much so that I overlapped and worked two full-time jobs for three months. And that was a crazy time in and of itself. So I'm a big advocate to do what you need to do get that support system. What is that looking like? And if you need additional support, I'm here for you as well. Please reach out to me over on LinkedIn. I'd love to either help you figure out a way to start exiting your current company or to figure out if we can work through some of those yellow flags in your organization. All right. If you loved this episode, I would appreciate your support in purchasing a career journal I poured my heart and soul into this career journal to help you in growing in your career. I will link the options of the different career journal and career workbooks uh, depending on what's your vibe, and I would love to hear how you like it. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, we'll see you later.